Yeah. Are you rolling music right now? Yeah, we're live. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not the race issue, but what yeah, is it exactly? What is it exactly that you're, what is it exactly you're saying? If it's Isaac, not the you're race, live. Your face, right? The race yeah. issue. So what I'm saying is just, you know, I think that I want to, I want to live in a community of people who are like me in some way. I share some commonality with them. Portland Trailblazer fans. No, I have no affinity <laughs> for the Trailblazers. I went to a game one time. It was all right. Um, but no, seriously, just, you know, some commonality. Religion, class. Well, let me let me say, if, like, if, if the actual neighborhood isn't particularly the option, that's why we have the church. It yeah, is but, a community. I know it's not I exactly agree. what you're saying, but, like, what we're going to get ultimately is heaven. Yes. Which I'm looking forward to. Because we can't exactly pull the pilgrims, the pilgrims move, you know, and yeah. find new land. You know what spurred this whole thought on is somebody Unless was like, it's in Utah, right? And I was thinking about... Oh, that about, was taken. Listen, I was thinking about Hashtag Utah. Mormons. Listen, big, big, big Mormon fan. Um, oh, wait, we're, we're, wait, wait, wait. Welcome to the Outlaw Radio Show. My name is Zach At. Wait, is that it? Your, your jacket? Is yes. that what you wore on That's Sunday? Right. That was going to be the, the intro. That was going to be the intro. Yeah, this is the jacket. So the, you have this jacket. So everybody, Football Mom has this crushed green velvet jacket. If you're not watching on the live stream, you're maybe listening on the podcast. I mean, it is. Do you have matching pants? Unfortunately, no. How not? Well, I was uh, just, I go there looking for oddball things. And uh, this is the same. You go where? To the thrift store. The in thrift Athens. store. Okay. Yeah. And this is the same place where I got my Football Mom sweater. Okay. Um, and for some reason, yeah, I think they just like to put women's clothes in the men's section. I feel like um, that new nickname said football mom might be cr crushed velvet. Yeah. That's that might be cool. his crushed new velvet. crushed velvet. Welcome to the outlaw radio show. Also featuring crushed velvet. <laughs> anyway, again, welcome to the show. This is, you know, the, the chaos that you're uh, joining us with. Uh, my name is Zach Adams. I pastor church located just outside of Athens, Georgia. The name of the church is Calvary 316. If you're local, come hang out with us one Sunday morning. Uh, you can see uh, Crushed Velvet's jacket. It uh, looks great he, under the LEDs. <laughs> as he plays into the worship team. Anyway, uh, again, if you're local, 1030, our Sunday service, you can join us online at calvary316.live, which is our YouTube channel, or facebook.com slash calvary316. I'm joined, as always, by the man that needs no introduction. He is single and ready to mingle. New Year's resolution. Mr. Creighton Vaughn, how you how you doing? Of all of the intros, I think that's the worst. I think that's the worst you ever gave me. Ladies, you um, email that your being dating said, it's not Pope untrue. Mm. Dating profiles to PopeCreighton at gmail.com. That's me. Uh, hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to our 15 new subscribers, if any of you are watching. Um, also, everyone say hi to longtime fans Jennifer and Karen. Hi, Jennifer. Who have said hi on the is this, uh, is this first or second favorite? First or second favorite, Karen. Second favorite. You're my first favorite, Karen. There you go. <laughs> At least until Justin's mom lets me move into her basement. <laughs> you have a wife and kids. They'll all, come. All of us. They'll We're come. all coming. We're all coming. Justin says you make good good food, so. Breakfast in particular. Anyway, yeah. so you were saying, Creighton. Uh, yeah, welcome to the show. We have uh, 15 new subscribers. It's very exciting. Um, basically the way the show works is that, uh, usually I bring a topic, um, and I will introduce that topic to the group. Uh, Zach will make a Bible study out of it, or we'll just have a discussion. Kind of depends on how the topic is. Um, that happens about 70% of the time. <laughs> the other 30% of the time, Zach hijacks the show and we go wherever he wants. Um, and it's wild. It's always wild. Um, so yeah. this is, this is a live That's stream, it. a live stream show that is, uh, being streamed uh, on YouTube, uh, outlawradio.live, as well as facebook.com slash the radio outlaw. Um, also, uh, this is a special Tuesday night edition. We have a church event happening on Wednesday, so this is one of those unique Tuesday night episodes. Uh, the podcast, uh, the audio of what you're watching will be released on Thursday, maybe even Wednesday if Creighton gets to it early. Uh, you can always send uh, thoughts, comments, feedback to pokecreighton at gmail.com. Or you can drop us a text at 678-883-3316. Again, that's 678-883-3316. Join in studio. Um, additionally, 
We've got Spice Daddy. Uh, how you doing, Spice Daddy? Pretty good. Pretty good. Settling in over there? Yeah, I guess. It's starting to grow on me. You're... So eventually, I'll get used to it. Um, I'll have to make my, you know, <laughs> put up some shrubbery or something around. Make we it, should make get it two mine. ferns. That'd be mm, kind of a funny, ferns. like a fern. That is one of my favorite interview shows. Yeah, between Zach, two Zach, ferns. Yeah, Zach Galifianakis is one of my heroes. You're like a much larger Zach Galifianakis. I am. Without the humor or the fame or the Why money. does he come on this show? Like, you just... My but goodness. you are you no, are. I'm not even info, in, insulted by those insults. This is great. You know what? I'm okay with that. But you 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 are. How are you describing yourself? Your your profile is you uh, are. I a, am an. I am a potential up and coming podcaster. Podcast star. Yeah, I love yeah. it. And then if you if you make it, you'll be a former potential up and coming. Right. Podcaster. And then eventually, I, I my plan is to make it to just podcaster. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that you know, I, I'm I'm pretty sure that. And Outlaw Radio Show spinoff. That's just my, with Spice Daddy. No, 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 no. My plan is completely to take over Outlaw. Um, but, <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, that, that's like that's a good that's in my ten year plan. My my uh, I, I can't say too much, but my son uh, is very excited that his math class could be featuring more hot sauce. Uh, mm. Just saying. So anyway, we'll we'll move on to. Uh, Crushed Velvet over there. Um, hey, didn't again, Rob Bell have a book title? Velvet, Velvet Elvis was, Elvis. yeah. Crushed Velvet. That, oh, is that his name? I Velvet? think Crushed Velvet might be he your new name. He does play the guitar. He does. Crushed Velvet. Roughly, you know. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah, if you're Apparently aggressive enough. Apparently people can hear it, but. You know. It, <laughs> That's <laughs> John's fault, really. If he's watching, <laughs> if he's watching, it's John's fault. We're also yeah. joined in studio by Robert, who now goes by the, the nickname Ace. Uh, he's not on camera, but he is an audience member, and he's free to interject at any point with any question that he might have. Um, I do have something that I, I'm kind of interested in talking about. That being said, I've done that last several weeks. So, Creighton, I want to kind of throw it to you. And uh, what uh, what topic do we've got? What, what's what's on the horizon here? What That's a very discussing? good question. Um, as stated before, we'll have a topic. Um, this is not actually my topic today. I'm going to be throwing it to You've Crushed deferred? Velvet. You've just deferred. Deferred is not the right word. Farmed out Farmed is out. the better word. Uh, yes, and so I'm going to throw it to uh, Isaac. And Isaac, it's all you. Okay, appreciate that. So this question is coming from Crushed Velvet. Uh, yeah. I like Crack. Velvet Elvis better. Um, we could call him Velvet Elvis. I'm not uh, bad with that. Rob Bell's a heretic. Uh, yeah, I, but still, yeah, that's kind of there's some irony that to it. Honestly, I kind of like Football Mom, but you know, I'll let you guys decide. Um, Online poll. Yes. Crush Velvet. <laughs> football poll. Mom. Dexter Isaac. Dex. De- Portland Dexter. What was it? Oregon Dexter. Oregon Dexter. Or Velvet Elvis. Lots of options. Good options. We could get you some glasses. That would be pretty sweet. Okay. I mean, now we're talking. I yeah, shave, shave your sideburns up a little bit. There's, I don't think There's that would look so great. much good things happening now. So, what's your question? So, I'm going to throw out two things. Maybe we could hit them both, or I'll let you decide. So, there's a lot of craziness going on in the world right now. And, you know, with people talking, like, if you if you look on Twitter, Civil War is trending, World War Three is trending. And... You know, I think about biblically, you know, give to Caesars what is Caesars, you know, and basically just do whatever the government says. I don't know. That's kind of how I view maybe Jesus's teaching. Maybe I'm wrong in terms of giving to the government what is the government's. But how should Christians play a role in what's happening societally right now with where the world is going, you know, if something like a, you know, civil war does happen, you know, how was that going to look for us? Uh, that's question number one. And then question number okay. two, two questions. Question number two is, um, judgment wise, you know, I feel like how, how are, I don't want to judge people, but how do I approach a situation where I know someone's doing something wrong? Um, and try to assist them with that. You know, I've heard the verse, like, don't look at the speck in someone's eye when you have a plank in your own, something like that. You know, so how, yeah. am, I, how am I supposed to approach that? So these questions are unrelated. 
totally unrelated, but I'm sure there's a way to tie him in. Somehow. Totally unrelated. <laughs> well, let's um, let's start with the second question. Um, so the scenario you painted is there's somebody that you're close with. Um, they're making poor decisions, mm-hmm. and you're sitting there thinking, "Well, what do I do? What yeah. do I say?" I can give you a specific example, actually. Okay. So when Alexis and I were going to George Fox University, which is a, a private Christian university in Oregon, um, just to give you an idea of the community, like we we went on walks all the time, and there was a church that we'd walk past, and they had a cross, and then in the background of the cross was like the rainbow flag. Okay. So that was kind of. So they were the just culture. reminding people that God judges the earth with a flood. Well, that he, for their <laughs> sin, and their wickedness. idea was that everyone's welcome. And then at on campus, I saw like two girls holding hands just openly, you know. And it's like I know that that is wrong. You know, I think homosexuality is a sin, but I am a sinner as well. So it's like, where do I? How do I have the right to? say that that's wrong when certainly there's things in my own life. Although the the difference I think is the things in my own life I know are wrong and I try and fix them. So, and again, you kind of parse the one question with like two different kind of scenarios that, that yield, I think different answers. Okay. Um, so I think there's a difference between how we as Christians should handle, let's say more systematic sin within culture that we're not specifically connected to versus dealing with somebody that's close to us where we hold a relational responsibility. Like, okay, think of it this way. Like what is our cultural responsibility as Christians living in a secular society? Mm -hmm. What is our responsibility when it comes to addressing the sin within that culture versus like an individual relationship that I have with someone? What is my friendship responsibility or family responsibility. Um, and and then even if you want to take it one step deeper than that, then like, what if it's a fellow Christian? Um, so we actually share a worldview. We share, you know, professions of faith. What's my responsibility there? Um, and just within the context, you know, so the Bible, the Bible says, like, there's, there's multiple words that are used for judging. You know, Christians get accused of being judgmental. Well, we're called to be, we're called to judge. Like, to, to make a judgment is to, to, to reach a conclusion on right and wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we, we make judgments about, everyone makes judgments about everything. You know, just it ends up being the Christians that are judgmental, but the homosexual lobby's judgmental on us, like that we're bigots, they're making a judgment. On their worldview, we're bigots. Uh, they're making a judgment. So judgments like, don't fall into the trap of like, oh, you can't say anything because you're being judgmental. Everyone's judgmental. Everyone makes judgments. The hard behind it is what is more important. Um, why are you making a judgment? So, like, I, I'm I'm not a fan of like uh, what was it Westboro Baptist Church, like which was not a, not Baptist nor a church, but they several years ago were were gained notoriety for picketing about you know um, all gays are going to hell. Uh, they were real big Turner Burn, get right or get left. They were they were the the outspoken on this. There was like. A dozen of them, but they, the media picked them to represent Christians and churches when they had nothing to do with either. Um, I think that that's lunacy. That's in that's inappropriate. Um, You know, Jesus would say, "Be as wise as serpents, but gentle as doves." That I think within culture, I'm not saying that we go with the flow, but I think we have to be prudent on when we when we voice up and when we don't, when we take the stand, how we take the stand. Um, and when we don't, I, I, um, I'm not a fan of picketing abortion clinics. I think that that's the wrong approach. I am a fan of certain organizations that will set up, um, within a certain radius in an odd threatening way, uh, free ultrasound clinics, um, just to give the woman an opportunity to have an ultrasound uh, before she goes to have an abortion because they won't offer her that in the Planned Parenthood. Mm-hmm. Um, again, that's 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 not being preachy or, or pushy. You know, if you want to gather outside and pray, you know, for, for the people making the decisions, that's fine. But like being hostile 
um, I think articulates the wrong heart behind uh, the moral principle. Again, we live in Agreed. a secular we live in a secular world. It's going to hell in a handbasket. We know how this plays out. We know how it ends. Uh, let's not deceive ourselves. Like we're not trying to save America. Whether America is destroyed soon or later, like my allegiance is to a heavenly kingdom that will be an earthly kingdom. And while I'll vote for president to try to reflect my views and make some influence at the same time, I'm not disillusioned. I'm waiting for my king to come riding on a, a white horse. Um, so when we're dealing with like culture, um, I think, I think to an extent we can be somewhat passive. I think we can be quiet. I think we can make our voices heard at the ballot box, which is the mechanism uh, that our government has afforded people to make their voices heard. Now, whether that's they're counted effectively or, or how much impact that makes, totally debatable. Um, it's just one mechanism. You know, I, I did an interview years ago with David Guzik about voting, and he just talked about it being like the most basic way of stewarding this republic. You know, mm-hmm. that we're, we do live in a republic. You mentioned Romans 13. You know, um, I don't think you mentioned Romans 13. You mentioned render to Caesar what is Caesar's. Yes. Render to God what's God. Well, the context is they, they bring to Jesus a coin, and they're talking about taxation. They're trying to catch Jesus in a, in a, in a trap. And, and Jesus circumvents their trap by like, hey, whose image is on this, on the coin? They say, well, it's Caesar. So he says, okay, we'll give to Caesar what Caesar's. And then he says, but render to God what's God, meaning on whose image is God? That's humanity. So he says, this stuff, like, you're, you're, like who cares? Like, give to Caesar what is Caesar. It's trivial. What matters is giving back to God what is his, and that's you. It's your life. Um, prioritizing what's most important. So, mm-hmm. again, that passage is not about rolling over or placating the government. I think there are, are are times to righteously stand up against things that are evil and wicked and saying, I won't participate even if it costs me something. Um, and I, and I think that that's, that, that that's fair. Now how that plays itself out, <laughs> we are kind of segueing the two topics here. Um, I do want to get more into the, the personal angle. Um, you know, if, Let's say you have a friend that's not a believer versus a friend that's a believer. Taking the unbeliever. If your friend, and and for those that are that might be watching or listening, you've probably heard this analogy before. If you haven't, um, it's basic. This is not groundbreaking. Um, but if you had a friend that got bit by a very poisonous snake, to the point that they were gonna that that, that, sn- that they were gonna die quickly within 30 minutes without an antidote. Right. And you happen to have the antidote. What would you do? You would absolutely 100% like, I don't even care what you think. Ask him how much money they had. Right. (laughs) Ask him how much money they, but uh, I mean, it would be, it would be like, well, I don't care if you, if you're, I'm an anti venomist. Um, You're like, well, I don't care. I'm going to stab you in the thigh because I'm going to save your life. Like I care, I care more about saving you than I care about your feelings or your opinions of me or even our future relationship. I was ready to die and he saved me. Well, I guess we won't be friends, but I fulfilled my responsibility because there's something more important to me. Um, I think when it comes to people that are, are close to us. Yes, Creighton. There is a, I think I've mentioned on the show before, there is a really good, um, one of the guys from Penn and Teller, the magicians, Maybe 10 years ago. Yeah, he was an atheist. He is an atheist. He is an atheist. And he, there's a really good vlog. I think it's like five minutes long of him explaining this exact concept from his vantage point as an atheist. As an atheist. About proselytizing. Like, why wouldn't you proselytize? Why wouldn't you? Right. Well, I just wanted to mention it because it's one of my favorite videos. Maybe you can find the link to the video. I would do my best. Yes. So I do have one, uh, you know, kind of question about that idea venom idea you know does god view sin equally you know i mean just one sin condemns you to hell without well and that's and i think that's a great question and that's why like for example let's say you have a friend that's gay Mm -hmm. the issue is not them being gay or not 
Like your job is not, and, and this is what Christians get wrong. It's not to convert them to heterosexuality. Yes. That's not, that's not, oh, great. Uh, you're now heterosexual and you go to hell. I accomplished something. Yay. It's not to convert them to, to heterosexuality. It's to, to speak to them about their own soul. And it's, it's at that point, it would be more a conversation about your identity and like, okay, God, this is, this is how God created this. This is God's intention for it. Um, you know, cause so much of, of homosexuality is, is, identifies this is my identity. God made me a certain way. It's like, okay, well, you were, you were born a certain way and that's a sinner. God wants to transform you into something you're not. My point though, is that like, you'll be accused of being judgmental or judgy or whatever. It's like, no, I, I just care about you. That's why I'd always, instead of like specific sins, I would use the issue to speak to a, a larger issue and that's the gospel. Okay. And no, that a, makes total and it, sense. And it's about behavioral, tra- it's about life transformation that will yield behavioral transformation. Rather than avoiding that particular well, I, I thing. Think but you see that in people too. If, if, if like a good example is, this, you know, you know, I've been a believer for a long time and, and, you know, just going to different places and being around different people groups, they, they come to know you're, you're a Christian pretty quickly. And I've they should, a, you'd yeah. hope so. Right. <laughs> But like, I'll have a few people that like they'll they'll start cussing and stuff like that, or they'll say something, and then they'll apologize to me. I'm like, why? And then I'll just look at them. Like, why? Why are you apologizing to me? I'm not the one you have to worry about offending. And, and I I think that's the 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 crux of it is is that you know we're we're not the ones you got to worry about offending by 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 sinning. We're sinners too, and, and you're gonna you're gonna be facing. A righteous judge who is gonna and, and look on your sin, and mm-hmm. it has to be judged. and And I think that's the message. I mean, Jesus is gonna change you if you if you give it to him. Well, and, hypothetically, I mean, but look at I mean, I guess I think about like preachers who live a life of sin. Well, I think example. that, and I think that's a good example of them not following Christ. Yes, because if you're I mean, following Christ, he's going to change you, but whether if you like ex- it or not. I know, but if they've accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, but let's say they are the one who's gay, but or they're they the one who watches have they porn accepted or whatever. Him? Have they accepted him, or have they have they gone through the religion of it? Uh, well, and then Jesus warns to this. Jesus would say, you know, there will be those that will say, "Lord, Lord, I did this, I did this in your name," mm-hmm. and Jesus will say, "Depart." because I never knew you like a tree is known by its fruit. Um, we can't judge the heart, but we can, and we're called to judge the fruit to look at the fruit of someone's life. And then we can make conclusions. I'm not going to judge a heart, say you're going to hell or not, but I can say, Hey man, um, you're not yielding the type of fruit that a Christ follower should, or someone that's filled with the Holy spirit. That's something you need to think about. But David, you know, was loved the Lord, it fell into sin and then and then repented, but he continued. It was like a rinse and repeat, wasn't it? No, no. So David fell into sin with Bathsheba and then res- and then had Uriah killed, and then it was a year later that Nathan finally confronts him on a sin, and and that's where you get Psalms fifty one, which is this incredible song of re- repentance, and then at the end of David's life, he, there was a lot of residual consequences of his sin. But David repented of his sin. There was not okay. like a continuation of it to the point that he's described at the end as being a man after God's own heart because of his contrition. Um, again, we're not, we're not saved by our works and we're not condemned, um, but, but we're saved by our faith. Mm-hmm. But it's a, as James would write, it's a faith that works. It's a faith that yields. It's a faith that transforms, a faith that changes. So, you know, but again, getting back to the nature of your question, like, how do you deal with sin and the people that you love? Um, pray for them, be there for them, yeah. encourage them. Um, but at some point, man, this is just the nature of it. Uh, there are real, raw, honest conversations that are necess- that are a necessity, mm-hmm. even whether it's a non-Christian or, or, or a Christian. And, and at some point, and this is what's difficult is you have to be willing to risk the relationship for the truth yeah. because you care more about their eternal destiny than you care about their temporal happiness or them being okay with you. And like, I, there are several people I could run down a list of names 
of people I have nothing to do with anymore. Not because of, of a decision that I made, but because circumstances warranted I had to take a stand for, for what was true. And that was not received. And as a result, I lost a friendship. Um, I have a question. So you, you understand what I'm saying within the context of mm-hmm. your question. And I people do. say, oh, well, you, you're just being judgmental. Take the plank out of your own eye. And says, it's like, well, actually, just that, that, that's not what that means. Study it a little before you, know, you throw that in my face. Well, what, what does that mean? Can you explain that a little bit then? Creighton, jump in real fast. So I have a question. You said one of the things you said was be there for them, try and love on them. Like, what happens and how do you navigate, how do you explain when being for them and taking the stand conflict? Can you say that again? I'm sorry. When being for them, being there for them. Like supporting them. And taking a stand for what you believe conflict. In the, the most easy way I can describe it. You're invited to a gay wedding. You cannot both be there for them and take a stand for what you believe at the same time. Because being there would be in support of what they're doing. So and taking a stand, you can't be there. So, and if um, it's like, for instance, you know, someone that I care very much, my blood relative, my brother, my sister, like someone who's very close. Okay. To I got you. I got you. Hold that thought. We're going to get Ace in in just a second. I want to circle back. It's still a phrase from Jin Saki. Circle back. <laughs> We're going to circle back. We're going to circle back. So the plank and the speck, yep. Jesus is talking just about hypocrisy. It doesn't mean that you can't address a speck in your brother's eye. But first you should deal with your own plank. Is it talking about like, let's say someone's struggling with porn, and I'm saying, and I also hypothetically struggle with porn, and I were to confront them about that, is it talking about the same sin or is it just, what is it, what is it referencing to? I think it's speaking to just a general humility of like, for example, in the scenario, the porn versus porn mm-hmm. dynamic. Well, don't, don't call him out for his porn when you're dealing with porn, mm-hmm. but instead go like, Hey man, this is wrong. And I know that because man, I'm doing the same thing and it's killing me inside. And I know it's killing you inside. And man, I need somebody to help me. And I think you need somebody to help you and let's try to help each other. You know what I mean? Like, sure. like I think that's the humility that Jesus is talking about. Like, it's not again. It's 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 to avoid hypocrisy. Um, it's not it's not a prohibition about. Hey, if you've got a friend that's got a speck in their eye and they're struggling, their eyes are watering, and you can help them, man, help them. But you can't help them if you got a big old plank sticking out of your own. So it's like, well, deal with your own crap first, so that then you can you can go and you can help somebody else. Like, be righteous, be holy, so you can be useful. You know what I mean? I understand. All right, Ace, jump in there. Um, yeah, so back to... Look at Ace projecting so strongly. Dude, thank you. I, th- I think it's the nickname. I think it's I the really nickname. Think it it's is. doing it. Um, but back to Creighton. Um, like, in that example, in that situation, um, I think it's important to to stand by what you believe anyways, even if that means that they might disassociate with you now. Like, say say they invited you to their wedding, um, but I think you might have, like, you just have to be like, like, I don't support this. Like, I support you, right, as my friend. But as a believer, I can't support this. And, like, I'm sorry, but that's just how it is. Like, and then from there... I mean, I guess you just have to take it as it comes now after that. And if they don't want to talk to you anymore, then, I mean, you just continue to pray for them and leave it to God to kind of deal with them after that. So I agree. So you'd say, you would say, and Zach, you can yeah. uh, agree with this or not, that you would that you would put taking the stand above supporting the, or what... And I'm gonna let me put throw a, big a different asterisk next can, to this word loving them. Can I throw a, just a totally different wrinkle into this? Go for it. Um, is it really, is it really honoring the friendship for them to invite you into something that they know you already don't agree with? Absolutely not. Yeah, no, it's of course not. So I mean, it's like, well, wait a second. You just you're now, you're now forcing me into a moral quandary. Like, hey, I I want to be your friend, and I want to 
live life and I like I'm not but you're now you're now knowingly forcing me to in, make decisions into into a situation where you're asking me to you you want me to okay think about this you used the gay wedding um what if I had a dear friend that wanted me to come to their uh, abortion celebration oh you know they 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 popped the balloon for the the gender they thought it might have been and they they want to have cake and champagne because they had their abortion and they get to have their life. I'd lose a friend that day. I, but I, okay, so, so that's easy. That's easy. But then you want to say a home the, uh, a gay wedding I have a is question. not is not is not. But you know what I mean? Like let's. I have a further. Let's question. be real. No, I'm with you on that. I, I man. have a further question though. Celebrate my at, abortion at our age. No, we're all we're all into our thirties at least, right? How many actual friends <laughs> do you have me. that are the complete opposite of you? I mean, that saying birds of a feather flock together. It, it, it's That's true. a valid you point. Tend, you tend to be actual friends with people that you have stuff in common with. Everybody else is an acquaintance. Over coming, time. Coming back and, to the community. And, and, that's what I'm talking about, baby. We can't get all the way back around. <laughs> well, that's, that's what I'm saying. That's, that's, how human, that's how human nature works. We, we, we gravitate towards people that are of the same like and mind as us. And as a Christian where Christ is renewing and changing your mind and, and stuff, you're going to gravitate towards other Christians. And, and so it, for, for me, like everybody, yeah, I, might, I have like lots of Facebook friends or Instagram people that I follow. But how many of them are actual friends of mine? All of them. All of them. Right. Up and coming podcasts. I mean, there, right. and there's lots of science that back this up to where you really, like most people only have like what? Five, Twelve, close, yeah. Twelve is the, the the max that you can have right. as far and, as and, close connections. And are any of them actual? Like, if they're not Christians, as as a Christian, I can't think of anybody that's a close friend of mine that's not a Christian. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Everybody yeah. else, and, is just and I would I would hedge on close friend. Right. Yeah. Right. Everybody else, I don't care if I like I, I care about them, but I don't care if I hurt their feelings or not. You, you see what I'm saying? For sure. Right. Say that into the mic next time, Robert. <laughs> well, you didn't say Ace. His mic's on. Ace, you can drop that. Jesus didn't care if he offended anybody. No, he sure didn't. You know, people people will often say that, like, well, you know, Jesus was friends with tax collectors and sinners. You know, and that Jesus only had the hard things to say to the religious people. And it's true that Jesus had a lot of hard things to say to the religious people. But I also tend to notice that every crowd that Jesus hung out with, like the secular crowd, the party changed. Like people's lives were transformed and whatever was going, like there's no mention of Jesus like hanging out at the strip club and the strip club not immediately shutting down. All right, I have a hard time saying this, but Jesus was not a good example of, of friendship and because you as not the God of the universe walking <laughs> right. into a room is completely different than him being the God of the universe <laughs> walking into a room. Of course he's going to change stuff. I yeah, mean, his that's, amig- that's what he does in my life yeah. is he yeah. changes me. His amigos are the Father and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> right. <They're- laughs> yeah. There's a guy... Uh, <laughs> I say a friend. I, I I don't even know where the guy is. His name was Jonathan Moore, and uh, he had a band. It was called uh, Jonathan Moore and the Surely Goodness and Mercy Band, which was very That's clever. It was it was mouthful, but it was clever. <laughs> but he had a song called "The Three Amigos" about the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Three Amigos are one. It was like this Mexican ballad. It was awesome. As a random thought, maybe somebody <laughs> watching this will remember that as well. But it was the three. I you will never find a recording of this. I think he got all during the crash of 08 got got all like wigged out about the collapse of society and didn't we all started living off the land to your second Good question to your for second him. question that's Hold a segue on. before we go before we go there uh, and I appreciate your ability to segue that. I segued that um, with a three amigos Jonathan Moore reference to the end of the world. That was professional. No, that's pretty solid crushed velvet. So How do we, you know, I mean, obviously we have to strike a balance somewhere, you know, and how are we supposed to gauge for ourselves where that balance is, where some Christians might think that, hey, I'm going to make a sign that has the, you know, the gay pride flag embroidered. Okay, I'm going to cut you off. I'm going to cut you off real quick. Who says we strike a balance? Like, that's the dumbest phrase ever. No, it's not. We're going to strike a balance. 
No, no, no. No, no, saying... no, no, no. Real quick, the Bible, the Bible doesn't strike a balance. It's the in, Bible says there's yeah, what you have to there's, interpret it. There's the truth, and there's what isn't. What fellowship does Christ have with Belial, with light and darkness? So there isn't. Is, there isn't a balance. It's not. It's not. There needs the to be people. a balance in the force. Or the yin and the yang. This is all Eastern mysticism doesn't, nonsense. Doesn't call the word of God a, a bouquet of flowers. It calls it a sword. A sword. Double-edged sword. A double-edged sword. It cuts no, 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 no. to the divisions of one. What my I'm point. saying my point. about the balance, hold on, is that you said to be as something as a serpent and as gentle as a dove. As wise as a serpent, gentle as a dove. There's yeah. a balance there between Done. those two. And is there? Should there be? Probably. Is, is there, or is it just you're supposed to emulate both characteristics at the same time? Yeah, sure. I, I understand what you're saying, but where where do the people who thought that that sign was a good idea fall in that, you know, it's like, how are those people going to be judged? Find, Creighton, find the passage where Paul talks about love, but then he talks about the clanging symbol. Because I think that's a good illustration to, to the point that's trying to be made. Is like there's there is there's the truth, but then it's how the truth is presented. If the truth is presented in love, what comes comes. If the truth is presented with a different motivation, which I think gets back to like the original ideas, like the motivation. Then, then Paul says, "Well, it sounds like a clanging symbol. Like no, like people reject it and and pull push away from it. Instead of thinking about like the balance between the two, think about the motivation behind the truth, and behind the articulation of truth." Creighton, have you found it? You're close. Yes, Google's got you. I'm pretty sure I found what you're talking about. By the way, always check out blueletterbible.org. That's where I'm on. First Corinthians thirteen one. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. Though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but I have not love, I am nothing. And what we could say, just like boiling it down to one idea, is when it comes to truth, it's not just what you say. It's how you say it. And, and I think if you're wanting, if you're wanting just a practical approach, whether it's culture at large or it's your friend or family member, you need to speak truth. The truth is the truth. There's no middle ground or balance to the truth and the lie. It's truth. There's what's true. How you present the truth, though, you want it to be in love. Now, that doesn't mean that it's received. And that doesn't mean that you don't become the bad guy. You get called all kinds of names, but again, it's about it's about why you're saying what you're saying and the motivation behind it. Well, I think you that know, I think love. that goes I think that goes back to how mature you are in your in your walk too. Because I mean, it's not it's not something that you, most people don't naturally possess that that ability to say the truth in love. It's either harsh truth. Or, or love that that's covering up the, the sin of, of what Amen. they're trying to say. And, and I think as you mature in your walk with Christ, Christ changes you to what he's able to do. I mean, the, the, the woman at the well is a good good example of this. Where's your husband? And she's like, I have none. That's right. He, 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 he was really blunt, but it was in a loving manner. And it, it's hard to explain. Young, young Christians <laughs> tend to be two things. They tend to be confrontational, and they tend to be um, legalistic. Right. Um, there's a lot of reasons for that, but this is why the Bible is very clear. Keep these people away from leadership. <laughs> like, any qualifications for leadership, whether it's elders or deacons, is longevity. Um, because, again, there's an excitement, there's a brashness, there's a na- na- naivety you know, that comes across just the new believer. Um, but there's something that should be seasoned first. Um, I, uh, I was in Bible college. So the way the Bible college was structured is that you, we had, we had these dorms all over the campus and there were some of the rooms had six dudes to a dorm. Some had eight. There was one with 12. We were the dirty dozen. I was there my third semester. (laughs) 
Um, we were the we were called the dirty. Well, only one room that had twelve dudes in it. Mike Foch was my dorm steward. Interestingly <laughs> That's enough, so wild. Uh, it's because our shower broke like one year into. It was the dirty dozen, but um, but so like I got I think it was my second semester, I got this broad idea that I was going to be a dorm steward. You know, so I you know so every room had a dorm dorm steward. They'd have these dorm steward meetings. Is that like an RA at a regular It's college? like an RA at a or, normal college, but you were in charge of the room and um, in charge of what was going on. So they'd have these meetings, um, talk about like, you know, college life, things that were going on. And I went to a meeting and, and by the way, I was, I was, we had one meeting as a room and I was like, our number one rule is just don't get caught. Um, you do whatever you want because I'm gone. And I'd sneak out and, you know, come in late. And I was like, we had, we had a television in our room and we had these inspections, but we had a box that said books on it and we put it over the TV. So you couldn't (laughs) see that it was there. Like we had the whole thing rigged up and the guys loved me and we were good and we had no problems. That was, was great. No one got pregnant. No one got busted for drugs. Like it was, it was good. I went to a dorm steward meeting. This guy literally, it was, it was just nonsensical. But like legit was like, um, we have a problem. There's this guy. Now, to be fair, the guy was a missionary kid, so he was really weird. Not to say that all missionary kids aren't like that. They're all weird. This one just happened to be really weird. Remind me want to grow the channel <laughs> and not. I just in case the snipes are watching, their kids are totally normal because they do it right. Every other missionary kid is a weirdo. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, the, the, the big, the big issue of that night was that he would sit out on the yard playing his acoustic guitar and would play Dave Matthew band songs oh, that sinner. on the guitar. <laughs> mind okay. you, mind you would not sing the lyrics, but was like playing crash or two step. He was playing, which takes actually some talent to play Even worse. and he was just playing. And the people were like, I'm being stumbled by this secular music. Agreed. Please, Dave ask, please, ask, sucks. please ask, please tell me you asked him how he knew it was Dave Matthews. Oh, sucks. I totally did. Oh, I totally did. And then I was like, excuse me. So are we saying that if someone goes into the, the, the sanctuary and is playing Mozart, that we have to ban them from playing Beethoven or Mozart? Like, this is lunacy. I was not heard. So I went to the next dorm steward meeting. I told a few buddies of mine that I was going to do this. And they're like, this is a bad idea. I said, I'm doing it. I'm going to pull a Gandhi silent protest. You've never silently done anything. Oh, I did this. So I walked in, went to sit on the front row, and like as demonstrable as I could, unbut- I had a t-shirt on. Oh. I unbuttoned my shirt. It was not a McRib shirt, just so we're all That would have been great, but I unbuttoned my shirt and I took it off. And I had written, who needs grace when you have legalism? <laughs> and I just sat down. And it was the most awkward meeting ever. And But I proved my point. I don't even know where we were going with this. I don't either, but yeah. I do know. Oh, got, we were talking yeah. about how to interact with people and et cetera. And I get love. It's love. Grace and love and grace and love. That's what Jesus did. Jesus oozed grace and love. So all of your interactions, whether it's with the world, your friends or family, just say, Lord, uh, Pastor Chuck always said, if I'm going to make a mistake, I'm going to err on the side of grace. So then making yeah. a sign like that would be grace and love than saying, you know, you're welcome here. If you're... I think there's a difference between love and, and accepting the sin. Like, you well, see what I'm saying? Sure, like, but I mean, you could you be, can, you could interpret that by saying, okay, well, you know, I think maybe what you're doing is wrong, but hey, you're welcome to be here. Ace, you got something. Yeah, I Man, mean, that flows real well. Ace, doesn't it? He's got something up his sleeve. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that kind of, um, Ace it, it's hard because I think that kind of, it kind of rides a fine line, in my opinion, because it made me think of this. Oh, Earth. you're saying you've got an ace in the hole? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell you Sorry, something. get back to I'm what you had. I'm something in love, Zach. Um. No, just <laughs> sit in that small chair. In, um, in James 4, uh, verse 4, 
Um, it says, adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. So I feel like, yeah, because that kind of is hard. Because it's like you want to appease them. You want them to feel... Well, you want them to feel... Right, you want them to, to feel come. accepted. Yeah. But at the same time, you have to make sure they know that certain things are not okay. <laughs> like... Like you can you can you can accept them in, but you can't like you can't really um what's the word I can't even Well remember. let me I'll 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 piggyback off of that because it's like Again, if if you say the truth in love and you have it ooze love, it might be rejected and you might get alienated and ostracized. But at some point in people's lives, and this is a truth, and, I, and I've done ministry long enough to see it happen. Creighton, you, you've seen it. Where, like, that person that, like, gave you the bird and said, to heck with you, and bounced. At some point in life, things tend to have a way of, like, I need truth. I need somebody to tell me the truth. And I don't really know who can tell me the truth. Yeah. Um, and so like a great example of this is our, our brother Kyle, who's been on the show before, you know, um, I, I was a youth pastor and, and, you know, he, after, after high school kind of did his own thing and went into the world and was, was living how he wanted to live and his life hit rock bottom. And, and he was like, I need the truth. And so my phone rang it after youth group one night and it was a Wednesday night and it was Kyle and I, I answered it and he was like, can you meet me? I said, yeah, absolutely. So I met him at a Waffle House that night. I said, how did you get to me? He goes, well, I scrolled through my phone looking for someone I knew would tell me the truth. Somebody that I could trust to tell me the truth. And he goes, it's not a good admission to who I'm hanging out with, but I got to Z. And it was Zach. Like, you were the last person. I'm always the first Adams or the last Z, Zach. And people's Rolodex. Um, but he goes, I got, uh, what's to, a Rolodex? Rolodex, whatever. But I got, to, he was like, I got Boomer. to the, he goes, I got to the bot. I got to you. And it was like, you know what? I knew I could trust you to tell me the truth because you were willing to tell me the truth no matter what. And God transformed his life to, to an amazing work. So let's quickly segue to your other question about how we, as Christians navigate this particular world. Um, again, I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not, I don't think the Bible tells us to be passive. Um, again, you mentioned the get render to Caesar. What is Caesar's render to God? What is God's, but it was rendered to Caesar. What is Caesar's? And again, that was taxation. So I'm rendering yeah. first year I've ever had to pay taxes. No <laughs> refunds. And then, uh, but then you get to Romans 13 where we're told to pray for our leaders. And whereas we can, you know, a good rule of thumb from the, the broad topic um, where we can submit to government. So there's a hierarchy of law and therefore a hierarchy of submission to law. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we, abide by the laws of our land or our local municipalities as long as they are not in violation of a greater law, the law of God. I submit to authority unless submitting to authority causes me to not be in submission to the ultimate authority I have, which is the Lord, which means that there is such a thing as a sanctified rebellion um, or, you know, or saying no. That, that gets more complicated because it's like, well, then where are those lines and how are they drawn? Um, that's a difficult one. Sure. Um, there are certain things that I do think culturally are pretty black and white. Um, I think um, when it comes to abortion, like, I, again, for me, the way that I vote, I vote on my, on my morality. The, the problem then becomes, well, what if your, your moral standing before God, um, that, that each party requires you to make a compromise, you know, to vote, to vote, because we're only given two options. I still think we have the responsibility to vote, 
but I don't think we can defy our conscience. So right, right, JFK baby, or write somebody in. Oh, I, I couldn't, I couldn't. There's no way because of his views on abortion. There's not, not, not a chance. Um, there's a lot of things I like about RFK, but no, I mean, I, again, uh, the bigger issue, which is why I could never vote for a Democrat because of um, the issues of abortion, um, homosexuality, transgenderism. I mean, I could go down a long list. Um, I, I feel I feel compelled to vote, vote my morality because it's like the most basic thing I can do to participate in society, to voice my opinion for whatever it means or means nothing because my vote gets stolen anyway and it's not counted. But conspiracy theorists, <laughs> I will still go vote in the state of Georgia, though. I'm not sure my vote matters or is counted um, or isn't switched within the machine. I'm not responsible for that. Yeah, I still feel a personal moral obligation to at least go vote. I don't feel an obligation anymore to vote for either of the two names on there. Um, because there is a third option that I can write somebody in. Now, is it a waste to vote? No, because I'm voting. I'm fulfilling my moral duty. Um, I'm just, it's a, it's a shame that this is what we're given. I wrote in Chuck Norris one year, (laughs) you know, I hope you know his platform. I do. Um, yes, (laughs) Um, roundhouse now now you get into you get into like the more dicier issues of like let's say there's world war and people get um like so there's war and you might not agree with the moral premise behind the war well if you you know if it's a volunteer army you don't have to volunteer you're able to you know follow through on your own conscience if if there's a draft that's where things get more complicated. You no, know, there's a great movie. Hacksaw Story. Ridge. Well, I was thinking more along the lines of World War One with Sergeant York, and it, he really probably my favorite. I don't want to say calm characters because he's a real life guy, but like Sergeant York is one of the best movies, an old movie, but it's based on a real story of a of of a man who was drafted. Um, if you've never seen it before. Well, so, I mean, along the same same vein, but more modern with World War II and Okinawa, um, you had you had Hacksaw Ridge, which was the st- true story about a Seventh-day Adventist that had a moral objection to taking life, but wanted to serve. And they tried to dishonorably discharge him. And he said, I'm not saying I won't go to war. I'm saying I won't. I'm not going to carry a weapon. I won't, I won't murder anyone. Like that was his line, but he was willing to go into, into war with his brothers. And it's a radical move. It's done by Mel, Mel Gibson. Um, but he ended up being a medic and he saved 50 something lives on Hacksaw Ridge there in Okinawa. And, and, but again, that was somebody that like counted the cost. I, I feel an obligation to participate because I've been drafted and this is part of honoring God. I also feel like God doesn't want me to take a life. So I will run in. I will run into bullet fire without a gun. So let me let me make it which a is crazy. Bit more, that is a crazy idea. Let me make it a little bit more of a pointed question. Then so, and this is purely hypothetical. But let's say that there is somewhat because you know I'm assuming probably most people have heard about what's going on in Texas, where you know Texas is standing up for its right to defend the border, while the federal government is saying they're going to distract you from that by throwing bombs to Iran. Side sure, point. Yeah. Sure. 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 But. However, you know, there, you know, what if there's this clash between, you know, states and federal governments and at some point in time, you know, it may lead to a civil war. You know, we may look back on this time that we're living in right now in history books and say, okay, well, certain these, you know, X, Y, and Z events were actually a part of the civil war. So again, again, this, and I hate hypotheticals like, like, because they're, they're, they are what they are. Yeah. Um, and so I, I want to be kind of careful here. Okay. But so we, we live in a certain system of government that most people don't understand. Mm-hmm. Our system of government, it, we're not, it ticks me off. People that like, we're a democracy, spreading democracy. We're not a democracy. We're, we're nowhere close to democracy. Democracy is one, one person, one vote. We're not that we're, Federalist society, like federalism. Um, states' rights are the starting point. Like, we only exist within the federal government because of the states. 
We are the United States of America. And that to an extent, our first within our own governmental structure, like what are, what are the immediate laws that, that matter most the state and then the federal to the point that like the federal government Roe versus Wade was overturned. There are States that it's still legal to get abortion all the way up until the birth of the child. But then there are other States where that's illegal and you are bound by the law of your state. Not what the federal government wants to say. Gay marriage was the same way till the Supreme Court ruled on it. There were certain states it was illegal, and there were other states that it was legal. Um, we do live in a society where states' rights, and, and it's one of the things, for better or for worse, with the pandemic, Donald Trump did not federalize any mandates. He allowed states to carry forth their own mandates. So that's why California had strict lockdowns, but Georgia didn't. Mm-hmm. Or Florida didn't. Trump Trump didn't. There was no forced max vaccine, no forced lockdowns, no none of that. The he didn't feder- prevent it. The federal government stayed out of it and allowed the states to intervene. Now, I think the mistake was that the states were trampling on constitutional rights of individuals, which is what the federal government's main job is to step in. Integration, so, the whole the, reason with integration. Right. Alabama said, yeah, we're not segregating. Federal government said, no, you are. And then they took armed troops in and said, no, you will. Yeah. So, so again, but we live, we live in this, this interesting America in particular where there are states' rights and there are federal rights. And so I would think as we navigate this as Christians, um, I, think, I think we have to, we have to take, take a moment and think about um, who we're directly responsible to and the authority over us. You live in the state of California and the governor of California, you know, is whatever. Like, like, well, you got to submit unless it's defying the law of God and whatever the particular issue is. Or get the heck out of the state of California and go to a red state where the, 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 the local government and the local law more aligns with your moral, moral values. Mm-hmm. Well, because that. you have the freedom in America to do that. Now, what happens when when it when it's it gets to the the, the place you're saying, um, man? I don't know, and I don't really want to go down that road quite yet. Sure, because it's not it's not it's not necessary. But it is it is. I mean, you go back to here's here's the thing. You go back to the revolution. Uh, was it okay for Christians to revolt against England? Probably technically, technically no. no. Yeah. Um, because they were not being asked to do anything to defy law before God taxation with re- without representation is terrible, well, wasn't, but that's not, but they had the free, part, freedom of religion. They, it was, they did have the, in, in Europe as part of uh, control under Britain, they did have freedom of religion uh, within the colonial system. They did. Okay. And by that point, I think the church of England, I mean, Protestant is you, you were the pilgrims left for freedom of religion and they were granted that. And in Europe, that that becomes a more dicey conversation. But within the colonial system, why did we revolt? It was taxation without representation. Mm -hmm. That's why there was a revolution. It wasn't. It wasn't. I mean, it wasn't slavery. It It wasn't any anything religious. It wasn't even First Amendment. It wasn't. It was taxation without representation. That's why there was a revolution. Um, Was that okay? Biblically speaking, for a Christian, I, I would say probably not. Even like even if they tax ninety eight percent of your income, welcome to China or North Korea. But I mean, you're still like you still are to submit. Right. I mean, it becomes it becomes more complicated. And again, it's easy to say what I would have done, looking two hundred and fifty well, years backwards. I mean that, but that's how you. Sh- I mean, it, ideally, that's how we should look at life. I mean, is biblically light, right? So. If- if I mean, if that's wrong, then obviously we shouldn't be doing those types of things now. If I'm a Southerner during the the early days of the Civil War, when it had nothing to do with slavery, because it didn't at the beginning, it did later. But at the beginning of it, when it was more this, there were, the main ports of entry for slaves were in the North. Like there was a very complicated thing happening. 
and I'm an uneducated Southerner living in Georgia. I don't know. I don't read the, I, I don't know. I'm illiterate. Like, like, what do I do in that point? Like you want to just cast aside everybody that participated in, in the Confederate army. Um, again, it's so easy to look back in history and have some moral high horse when those people are in a different, a totally different world. You know what I mean? And like, I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not justifying. Like, I'm not getting on some, uh, Robert E. Lee, Stonewall Jackson, Jefferson Davis bandwagon. We're not flying the Confederate flag in here. I'm just saying that like, it's just so easy for us to look back in history and get all judgmental. When the people that were living it, were navigating their own complex issues, which means extrapolating it to today. Things aren't black and they're never black and white. They're just never easy ever, you know, and, and we could make decisions to do things today. And then 200 years in the future, look back at people like, well, that was deplorable. It's like, well, you weren't living in my time. You didn't, you have more information than I did. Mm-hmm. Who would have known that putting a chip in your brain was bad? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't know Taylor Swift was a psychop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she is, she's not. But... She is totally. This is to get us to She is for me. My good golly. Anyway. So it's nine o'clock. We got any inter, inter, interweb interaction? Uh, Frank. Loves the love that uh, Justin gave to Sergeant York. Oh, like nice. just he said, "Hooray for Sergeant York!" So I don't, I haven't seen a movie. Oh, it's one of the best movies you'll ever watch. Anything, um, anything else? That's about it. Tell, Jennifer tell likes football. You, mom, tell the audience what you're doing with shorts. Uh we have shorts going out. Uh, I'm going to take this episode. We're going to have. I think I'm going to do. Explain how it's working. YouTube shorts, not short shorts, like. You're wearing shorts. Although he's he's wearing shorts while he's making shorts. Yeah, I would appreciate it's, it. Yeah. I want to be very clear. I'm black. Yes. It's January. I'm not wearing shorts. Um, part, no, we're putting time, out shorts. Uh, they go out. We've been having a couple of them drop what's every a day. Short? What do you mean, what's a short? Explain it's a to the short. audience what a short for people that might not know what a short people is. People of elder uh you're on screen so grasp of life <laughs> those of more advanced view, age. Uh, yes view us on the internet. seasoned citizens yes mm-hmm. who do not know what you say shorts okay explain what a short is other than your stature if <laughs> you are two inches tall got him got him good you are on uh if you like to watch youtube on your phone you can get to them on, on computer but don't on your phone there's a thing called shorts they're usually between 15 and 60 minutes long and it will be 60 a seconds not minutes they're between 15 seconds and 16 minutes. that's what i meant <laughs> uh they you are know, that's not a short 60 <laughs> minutes okay. long there's snippets all. of this episode there's snippets of other episodes that we're putting up um like them comment they help the channel they increase our views. They're neat. If you like them, like them. They, it's they're just a, just easier a short to go. Sixty minutes snippet. No it's big just deal. a short. I said minutes. I Fifteen to sixty Gosh, minutes section. <laughs> yep. Yeah, shorts. On Facebook, they're talking, called reels. I have a better job. On Facebook, they're called reels, but uh, also on Instagram, they're called reels. They're they're reels. Are we posting them on Instagram? Did that did that happen? Yes, Instagram. Instagram, yes. Facebook, ish. Definitely YouTube. Okay, so so we're working on it. So it's uh, we kind of mentioned the last few few episodes that we're working on, changing a few things, adding some things to the program. This is one of those things that Creighton's been working on. We're very excited about. We also just kind of reworked some of the lighting. Our brother John helped gives us a bit of consultation. I hope you guys like the lighting was a little softer. Kind of worked its way around the room. Uh, Ace, you kind of nodding your head, looking looking nice. Yeah, for sure. Uh, anyway, you guys, uh, any parting words? Spice Daddy, Crush Velvet, Elvet, Velvet Elvis. Uh, well, you know, I just want to, you know, want to. This is. Can you get that out? Yes, I can. You um, can. You're yeah. gonna. Um. Uh huh. Yep. <laughs> you're gonna. You're, you're gonna. gonna, gonna you're gonna hate yourself after. I say you're this. gonna get it. Hey, maybe um, you should run for president. <laughs> 
You're already well you know, ahead of there's a There's a young child, Kaylin, who's missing, and I think that we should all just keep her in our thoughts and oh. prayers. Yeah, how dare you? Oh. Um, so, you know, I'll be be praying for her, and if you guys haven't heard Expl- it, Explain that real quick. Like, this hap- this is a local thing that's going yeah, on. Yeah, so in Winder, Fort Yargo, which my family frequents pretty much And it's right day. down the street from the church. It's yep. real close. Fort Yargo, uh, on the 29th, which is actually yesterday morning, a young 14-year-old girl uh, was last seen in the RV at one o'clock in the morning and then her dad woke up and noticed that the bathroom door of the RV, which is where the girl's bathroom was, was open and there was a bunch of stuff on the ground. She's been missing since then. So they're looking for her. There's an Amber alert out. The Amber alert has not been put out yet. Interesting. So, which is really interesting, but we know, we knew what happened because we were going to, we go to walk there every day pretty much. And it was like shut off. And so we're like, Oh, we'll just go to the greenway because sometimes they shut down for, the greenway was shut down too and we're like what's going on and there was cops and stuff okay so just uh keep her in your prayers and you know pray that uh, jesus protects her and that she'd come home soon yeah first 24 48 hours are pretty pretty essential to that so definitely yeah. for sure um creighton you got anything left i mean that's hard to follow i know it's hard to follow so i'm gonna kind of like slowly roll music in here um <laughs> jennifer asked if shorts are for people with short attention spans and the answer is yes the answer are. is yes it's, it's, I'm going it's to how you. they get the add hd dd addicted um by flipping 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 it's the re- really it's the response to tiktok is what it is yes it is. so um anyway well thank you so much <laughs> gosh Thanks for watching the Outlaw Radio Show. Uh, Tuesday night, special edition, 8 p.m. Podcasts will get released tomorrow or Thursday. If you're listening to the podcast, check us out. We live stream typically on Wednesday nights. Next week, we'll be back at 8 o'clock Wednesday nights. God bless. Love you all.